In this episode of Ask Amanda, I share our thoughts on the market implications of the recent Democratic sweep following the Georgia Senate runoffs and discuss the path forward. So let's dive right in. In the months leading up to the 2020 presidential election, and then certainly in the weeks leading up to the Georgia Senate runoffs, there was a lot of fear and concern on the part of investors that the Democrats taking complete control of Washington was going to automatically lead to a market meltdown. A quick look at historical performance might be at least partially to blame for this misperception. Going all the way back to 1933, if we take a quick look at the average annual performance of the S&P 500 based on partisan control, you can see that there is somewhere in the neighborhood of a three to 400 basis point relative performance give up versus almost every other scenario. What perhaps may be a little bit more surprising, though, is that it is indeed not the worst performing scenario. That's reserved for the one in which a Republican controls the White House and the Dems control Congress. In that scenario, based on history, the performance relative to the Dem sweep scenario was basically cut in half. What's interesting about this time around, and dare I say that, uh, you know, this time perhaps is a little bit different, is that when the Democratic sweep scenario was solidified following the Georgia runoffs, the market did not immediately collapse. It wasn't the the scariest market scenario everyone was worried about. In fact, the market actually rallied. And what we really chalk this market rally uh, right out of the gate to is this idea that there is likely to be much more fiscal stimulus coming into the equation and much sooner. There's no question that we need additional stimulus to effectively bridge the gap until the global economy is more fully reopened. On a a positive note, we're certainly seeing COVID case curves start to plateau, but with large swaths of the global economy still under some form of economic restriction or lockdown, it really is important to bridge this gap and continue to provide some additional fiscal stimulus until we can get back to pre-COVID levels or until we can get large portions of the population efficiently vaccinated. So the market was very happy, surprisingly, with this idea that the Dems were going to take control of Washington and we were going to see a lot more stimulus come into the equation and much sooner. The market is really very much like my five-year-old in a candy store craving that sugar high for more stimulus to come. And so we really think that that kicked off this market rally shortly after the the Dem sweep uh, scenario was solidified. Of course, what's back on the table, though, it's not all cotton candy and rainbows, is this idea that tax hikes are coming. It's not a question of if, it's more a question of when. But we're very much hoping that it is more of a 2022 event when the economy is on stronger footing and the earnings earnings growth backdrop has had some time to get its legs under it as well. There's no scenario where where tax increases won't be a negative for the market and a headwind for earnings growth. But on a bright note, there is the chance that the corporate tax increases end up being a bit less than originally thought. Back in the fall, we were considering somewhere in the neighborhood of an 11 to 12 percent earnings hit 
if the Trump tax cuts were fully repealed and if they were to go into effect either in early 2021 or be made retroactive to the beginning of 2021. That's a big hit when we're still in the midst of trying to dig out of our earnings uh, growth hole that we dug for ourselves over the course of 2022. Based on what we know today, we think that that may very well turn out to be the outer bound or worst case scenario, and that corporate tax increases may come in somewhere in the middle. So not a full repeal of the Trump tax cuts um, end up somewhere in the middle, and then perhaps earnings growth will only take a hit of about 5 to 6%. Still not ideal, but certainly a bit more manageable than that 11 to 12% worst case scenario. All right, so what are some other bright spots of the Dem sweep scenario that we can talk about? Well, the first on our mind is really the potential for a better and or more consistent approach to trade policy. It isn't that we expect the Biden administration to take a completely different stance on trade policy with our trading partners and China in particular, but we do think that the messaging and the consistency around that policy is likely to be very comforting for the market. If you think back to 2019, every time we got a tweet related to a change in trade policy, the market sold off and the market struggled very mightily um, with the fears and concerns around what was happening on the trade policy front. So the, the more consistency and calm that we can see uh, coming out of this trade policy approach with the new administration, we think the market will breathe a collective sigh of relief. Another area that looks pretty positive is the potential for a comprehensive infrastructure bill, both on the traditional infrastructure side, but also on the climate infrastructure side. There's talk of a large boost for ESG in the form of climate spending for solar, wind, electric vehicles, power charging stations, and even biofuels. I think caveat, though, while there is a lot of talk about it and a lot of hope, and you certainly have to be feeling pretty good if you are an ESG-oriented investor, We've also seen many of these areas rally really hard in anticipation of some of these favorable policy outcomes. And so we have this on our radar very much for a buy the rumor, sell the news kind of scenario that might play out as the course of 2021 progresses. Traditional infrastructure, of course, is back on the table. It's something that both sides of the aisle uh, really have a favorable outlook for, but it's notoriously difficult to get traditional infrastructure packages passed and approved. I think it would definitely be a tailwind for uh, the industrial sector and the supply chain as it relates to infrastructure-related exposures. And so that would be certainly good news and a welcome catalyst as the industrial sector has still uh, continued to struggle pretty mightily um, in the face of the pandemic and the global shutdowns. Um, the defense spending, though, is kind of the offset to this infrastructure potential catalyst for the sector. So defense spending, and this is not shocking, but defense spending is likely to be flat to down in the next couple of years under a dem sweep scenario. And so we do think that that has the potential to put some additional pressure on CapEx. We've really been hoping and wishing and praying for this CapEx renaissance to really materialize. It's something that really 
really was absent, notably absent over the prior cycle and pre-pandemic. And so it would be really positive and a strong vote of confidence to see this CapEx renaissance materialize again, and certainly a tailwind for the industrial sector um, and the supply chain related to it. Challenge with it, of course, is that defense spending is not going to be the key to uh, the CapEx renaissance. And so we have that uh, on our minds, certainly, over the next couple of years for the sector. The other thing that's notable is Biden's revoking of the Keystone XL pipeline permit by executive order that basically happened on day one. Um, He also talked about rejoining the Paris Agreement. And net-net, that was a pretty big negative for traditional fossil fuel energy industries um, in the weeks that followed, really resulting in the sector being down pretty significantly on a relative basis, and MLPs in particular taking it on the chin. So there are some positives and negatives. Certainly, it's not all bad news as it relates to a Dem sweep scenario. But these are some of the key things that are top of mind for us here early in the new administration and early in 2021. At the end of the day, we're always mindful of a shift or change in control in Washington because policy changes absolutely have the potential to affect markets. But at the end of the day, we still believe COVID remains in the driver's seat in terms of the path forward this year. Why is that? Because we really believe the virus continues to have important implications for the magnitude and timing of fiscal stimulus. Right? We talked about this at the beginning. Much more of a need for stimulus, more of it, and sooner, and over a more significant period of time because we are hashtag not out of the woods yet and we don't have this global economy fully reopened. It has important implications for monetary policy and rates. A case in point, the Fed not even thinking about thinking about raising rates. And so we're going to stay in this highly accommodative monetary policy stance for quite some time here until we emerge post-pandemic and until we start to see more meaningful signs of life on the inflation front. COVID continues to have important implications for the trajectory of GDP growth. As I said, the global economy is still not fully reopened. We're still in this kind of rolling brownout scenario, depending on what part of the world you're looking at. And in the case of the U.S. specifically, somewhere in the neighborhood of 80 percent of U.S. GDP is still tied up in states that are under some form of economic restriction or lockdown. The virus continues to have important implications for the trajectory of earnings growth, which has started off fairly strong uh, in 2021 here as we're in the midst of Q4 earnings season. But the bar is set very, very high. Yes, we have easier comparisons relative to 2020, but with the bar set as high as it is and with valuations as elevated as they are, we really have to see a meaningful acceleration in earnings growth and an upside to revisions to keep this market rally fueled. And the key to that, of course, is how fast can we get this economy reopened? How fast can we get to a post-pandemic environment? And then, of course, COVID continues to have direct impact on market performance and leadership as the market continues to churn between the stay-at-home trade, which is larger, growthier exposures, namely in healthcare, tech, 
communication services and staples versus this go outside trade, which tends to be smaller and more value oriented exposures. As I said earlier, COVID cases are indeed starting to plateau, which is good news, but the vaccine rollout continues on a much slower than expected pace, specifically here in the U.S. And so we definitely have on our radar this potential tail risk for the market of either additional restrictions or lockdown measures that might need need to be employed or just a slower move to getting this economy reopened. With the S&P 500 trading at a forward P of nearly 23 times, the market continues to price for perfection in a backdrop that is anything but that. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment or tax advice. Opinions and views expressed herein are as of the date of recording and are subject to change. The information presented is not a solicitation to invest in any security or product offering. Please consult with your investment and or tax professional as to your specific circumstances. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to risk, including loss of principal. The information contained in this recording was obtained from publicly available sources. Such information has not been independently verified by PNC may not be current, and PNC has no obligation to provide updates or changes. The reproduction of any or all of this content is not permitted. The PNC Financial Services Group provides investment consulting and wealth management, fiduciary services, FDIC-insured banking products and services, and lending of funds to individual clients through PNC Bank National Association, which is a member FDIC and provide specific fiduciary and agency services to individual clients through PNC Delaware Trust Company or PNC Ohio Trust Company. PNC provides various discretionary and non-discretionary investment, trustee, custody, consulting, and related services to institutional clients through PNC Bank.